Well, the NFL draft wasn't the only time this weekend that Sam Howell got bumped from his expected position. We were going to be talking all about the NFL draft results today, but then Kerwin Walton decided to enter the transfer portal. So now we're going to spend our time today talking about Walton's transfer and looking ahead to what is next for the Tar Heels as they now have this one precious scholarship opportunity left. Who's it going to go to? We're going to talk about all of that on today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Monday, May 2nd, 2022. How on earth is it May? I can't believe that. Welcome into Locked on Tar Heels. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, beat writer for Sports Illustrated's All Tar Heels website. And I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every single day. Please remember that we are free and available everywhere that you get podcasts. For those of you watching on YouTube, thanks so much for making it your first watch today. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button, smash the like button, and go ahead and hit that bell so that you get notifications anytime a new episode drops. And man, we have a big show ahead today. As I said, we're talking about Kerwin Walton. But before we get there, I want to say two things to you. First off, huge congrats to Carolina's women's lacrosse team who advanced to the ACC tournament finals with a big comfort behind win against Notre Dame in the semifinals yesterday. Uh, this portion of the tournament was actually being played in South Bend and so huge for the women to come back and keep their undefeated season going. And so they will play in the finals next weekend actually in Chapel Hill. So make sure that you are there to support all of the women on that team. Second thing I wanted to tell you before we dive into Kerwin Walton is to remind you that this upcoming Sunday is Mother's Day. Why are we talking about it now? Great question, so glad you asked. I would love to make Friday's show a Mother's Day special. Maybe there's something that you and your mom uh, share in common or, or some Tar Heel uh, stories that you have with your mom. Maybe you are a mom and there's some just fun stories of uh, you sharing Tar Heel moments with your children or something of that nature. We just, just thought that would be a neat tribute to all the moms out there as we celebrate Mother's Day on Locked on Tar Heels on Friday. So let's make that happen Send me some stories. would love to hear that. You can DM them. You can email the show LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. That would be great. Okay, now let's talk Kerwin Walton. Uh, Kerwin entered the transfer portal on Sunday, uh, which is May 1st. And as many people have heard and said, that was the deadline for the transfer portal. Now, a lot of people think that means... That is the, like, if you don't do it by May 1, you can't enter the transfer portal. And so I want to first start by debunking that. Um, that's inaccurate. Kerwin could enter today, Monday. That's no problem. Here's why most people are calling that a deadline. May 1st was the deadline with which you could make use of the one-time transfer rule. You might recall that the NCAA just recently enacted a rule, whereas you used to have to sit out a year if you transferred unless you got a hardship. Now, without penalty, you can transfer once in your college career and play immediately. 
you had to uh, enter your name in the portal, however, by Sunday, May 1st to do that. Anyone who enters May 2nd or after can still transfer. It's just that they would be back under the old system of sitting out for a year first. So that's why people have talked about that May 1st as a deadline. Now, I know we're all anxious to get to, okay, what's next for the Tar Heels? Where do they go? Who do they get? Where do we turn? But in this world that's always so quick to move on, can we just first take a second and stop and thank Kerwin Walton for being a Tar Heel? I've heard people say, you know, Kerwin Walton's dead to me. He's gone. He's no longer a Tar Heel. I literally read comments like that on social media today. And come on, man. Like, no. This dude has poured his heart and soul into this program. And um, so rather than rush off to the next thing, I'd rather stop and take a moment right out of the gate here to be thankful for what's been. Um, Kerwin Walton. Last season, not the season we just finished, but his freshman season, finished as the greatest three-point shooter by percentage in Carolina history. There, I, I wrote several articles last year, in fact, about how there's been uh, kind of this plague with freshman three-point shooters at Carolina. You might recall that Kenny Williams famously had one made three-pointer his entire freshman season. Kerwin Walton came and blew all that up, almost out of necessity. You might recall that from the beginning of the 2020-21 season, the starting five was Caleb Love, RJ Davis, Leaky Black, Armando Baycott, and Garrison Brooks. Eventually, though, Coach Williams realized he needed more three-point shooting in his lineup because Leakey's not providing that much, Baycott's not, and Garrison Brooks is not, and all the three-point shooting was coming from Caleb and RJ. Unfortunately, neither of them were yet to the level that they were this past season, and so what was the switch? Here comes Kerwin Walton into the starting lineup, and the rest is history. Man, that's incredible. But then... Coach Hubert Davis enters, uh, a couple things change, and now there's um, just different expectations in terms of defense. There's different expectations in terms of uh, now you've got Brady Manick as another shooter, essentially replacing Garrison Brooks in terms of the starting lineup. And so now um, you can't have two unreliable defenders on the court in Walton and Manick. And so uh, Walton was the casualty of that in part because of his defense, in part, I would say, because of Coach Davis's desire to have both Love and Davis on, and R.J. Davis, I should say, on the court. And so Walton was the um, casualty of that and just didn't get much playing time his sophomore year. And so in the current college landscape, that means you go in one from one season, your freshman year, being the number one three-point shooter in the history of North Carolina as a freshman to your the end of your sophomore year, now you're transferring. That That's just the landscape of it. It doesn't mean Kerwin is a bad guy. It doesn't mean he made a bad decision. He is a great kid who works his tail off, who just needs to make a decision for his college basketball career. And while I would love for him to stay, the writing's on the wall. The backcourt is still very loaded. Caleb Love's still in town. RJ Davis is still in town. Here comes Seth Trimble. You've got DeMarco Dunn. Who knows what he's going to be? And so, um, and, and not to mention, um, 
Tyler Nickel coming in as well, and and who knows where um, he is a prolific and elite scorer, and so who knows what he will contribute this first year. So um, I, I don't blame Kerwin for leaving at all. The, the only thing I would say is I'm surprised he didn't do it sooner than this. Um, but that that is where we're at in the current landscape. Where does Walton end up? For me, the the logical landing spot is for him to go back to Minnesota, um, where he's from. Played at Hopkins High School there. I've heard from Locked On's Minnesota host that they desperately need a two-guard. And so Walton would be a great fit for them, uh, like immediately. And so uh, would be really interesting. (laughs) Would be funny for him to be reunited again with Dawson Garcia. They played AAU together. They played at Carolina together this year. And could be Golden Gophers together next year. And so um, who knows where he will land up. But I can't wait to see where that is. And folks, let's support these young men in these decisions, right? Like, he, it, he's had conversations with the Carolina coaching staff. The writing's on the wall. He knows what he needs to do. Kerwin, you have our blessing. You are a Tar Heel. Say it with me, folks. Kerwin Walton is a Tar Heel. Best of luck finding your next landing spot and can't wait to see what happens with you. Now, We do want to move forward, though, because Kerwin Walton's decision to leave does, in fact, open up a scholarship opportunity for someone else. Who's that going to be? What's it going to look like? Who will Carolina target? We'll talk about that in just a second. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar. Summer is coming. It is now May. We're getting so close. And with summer, you're going to need some food often on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on a family trip, on a picnic, whatever you're doing. Throw them in your bags, throw them in your kids' backpacks, and they will be there ready for you. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for all those summer adventures. As always, all Built Bars and all Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. So that means that with Built Bars, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing so. Speaking of, have you tried these puffs yet? They're phenomenal. You gotta get on it. They come in all sorts of fun flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. Come on, give me a protein bar that tastes like churro and I'm eating that. And if that's not enough flavor for you, just choosing one, you might want to try the mixed box. It comes with 12 different flavors of both bars and puffs. The best part? Keep in mind, Built Bars are healthy and delicious. No more having to sacrifice healthy for stuff that doesn't taste good. Built Bars, you can have both. You can have your cake and eat it too. All you have to do is go to built.com and order now. Keep in mind, here's some of the um, nutritional numbers. Just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and yet 17 grams of protein. Those are the numbers in most Built Bars. Compare that to a candy bar with elevated numbers of all those things, and you know which choice to make. Built Bar has so many delicious flavor options and new ones are coming out all the time. So make sure to check it out by going to built.com. You can use promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your very next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. I want to give a special shout out to those of you watching on YouTube. It's so fun to see how this channel is growing, how people are legitimately diving in and having great conversations. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to set a goal um, to have on every video right now, 
200 likes and 50 comments. I think we can achieve that on an every show basis. Uh, to just have conversation about what we're talking about on the show. Um, from time to time, I will give you things that, that you can talk about. And so, for example, right now, as we start to look at Carolina and who they're going to target for this open scholarship, I want to hear from you. Who do you think the Tar Heels should target in the transfer portal? Let's talk about it. Give me your reasons why and who. Well, we're going to start with probably the person that is the hottest name um out there, not just for Carolina to target, but for others, and that is South Dakota State's, yes, South Dakota State's Baylor Shireman. And this dude is all over the map. Everybody wants him. Now, uh, immediately your feedback to me is going to be, listen, Isaac, I saw social media last week and he put out a top 10 and the Tar Heels weren't on it. So why are we talking about him? The Tar Heels aren't in the running for his goods and services. Well, Hold the phone. That's because at that point in time, the Tar Heels didn't have a free scholarship. So why on earth would he include the Tar Heels in his top 10? Because he couldn't go there. Here's the thing you might or might not be aware of. That that list is not binding in any way. That's just him putting something out on social media to say, here's who I've cut my list of 10 schools down to. We see this all the time with um, recruits' choices coming out of both high school and in the transfer portal in basketball and football and other sports, where they will cut down to a list and then some other school comes in unexpectedly or a scholarship opens up unexpectedly. And then what do you know, surprisingly enough, that new school finds its way into that top list. Um, and so please don't for a second think that he couldn't include the Tar Heels in his list. He can, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Gotta believe that those conversations are already ongoing right now. Now, here's what we need to say that, that I probably should have said off the top of this portion is that obviously the ideal candidate, the person the Tar Heels want to go for, is a Brady Manic replacement. Is Brady Manic in the transfer portal? He is not. Is anyone like Brady Manic in the transfer transfer portal? No. So I mean, there, there are some decent replacements, but I'm even wondering, do, does Coach Davis feel like he might have somebody that can soar, sort of somewhat replicate that in a Puff Johnson? And maybe he can look elsewhere. Maybe he wants Armando Baycott insurance. Maybe he wants another uh, three, a wing, who can shoot really well, and then he move Leaky Black to the four. Because Leakey can hit threes and, and was more efficient at it last year, but that is not his forte. And so somebody like Shireman, who is more of a, a, a two or a three, could fit that role nicely. Let's get back to talking about Shireman. He has a couple years of eligibility left. He's 6'6", 205. So again, you can see how he is not Brady Manic four inches shorter than Manic. In fact, he's only one inch taller than Kerwin Walton, who was 6'5". Here's some of the here's some of the resume for Shireman when we look at him. He was the Summit League Player of the Year last year. He was fifth in scoring at 16 something points a game, but he was first in rebounding again at six foot six, first in rebounding in the conference and first in assists. Those kind of numbers is something that makes Hubert Davis's tail wag. This is a guy that's going to share the ball. Remember how efficiently Carolina was playing early in the NCAA tournament when they were sharing at a ridiculous clip. That's great news. The Tar Heels need people that will rebound well at their position. And it's clear that that's what Shireman does. He rebounds his position well. 
not to mention, last season, he shot 46.9% from the three-point line. And it wasn't on like, you know, he made five. No, this is 83 made threes in 177 attempts. And that is no fluke, that 46.9. The season before, he shot 43.8% from three. So if you're getting a guy that's in the 40s in three-point shooting, yeah. But here's the big question. He played at San Diego State in the Summit League. Does that translate to the ACC? That's the question that Hubert Davis has to ask before he goes and gets Shireman. I would think so, but I mean, keep in mind, guys, uh, mid-major guys that have come in before, like Justin Pierce or Christian Keeling. Yes, Keeling eventually found his way, and he was a dynamic scorer down the stretch, but it took them both a long time. That result has been much more common than the Brady Manic result. So, you're, you're taking a chance there, but a calculated one that I think could go well. Let's more quickly, though, go through some other names that I think might be worth looking at. Uh, one of them is a guy who was a star for a long time in high school, and a number one recruit was at Michigan, was intending to go to Michigan State, pulled out of that and wound up at Memphis this past year for his freshman year, and that is Imani Bates. Now, a lot of people are going to hear that name and groan. Why? Because he went to Memphis, and they were not good, but they got better when he was out and hurt this season. Yikes, that is not a ringing endorsement. But he is 6'9", he's 190 pounds, he only played 18 games this season, and he shot 32.9 from three. But he has, for several years, been one of the most talented, coveted prospects in the country. And he is in the transfer portal. Seems like not the kind of guy that Carolina wants, if, if I'm being honest. I don't think I would really want him. But he's somebody that you got to at least take a look at, right? Here's one that's going to wrinkle some feathers. You ready for this one? We just talked about one Bates. Let's talk about another Bates that's in Carolina's own backyard down the road in Raleigh. And that is Manny Bates, who is in the transfer portal from NC State. Now, Manny Bates would not be a three-point shooter. He is limited offensively, but he is great on the defensive end of the court. When he was playing, he was injured this whole past year. And so big part of why NC State sucked because their defense fell off a cliff because they didn't have Bates, who's a phenomenal rim protector. So... Remember how Carolina looked when Baycott was out of the game this year? And really, it's like Manic that goes uh, goes to the five at that point. You don't have that kind of experience anywhere else. You've got some freshmen coming in that are bulky. Will Shaver, I don't think he's ready to step in developmentally yet. There's all sorts of question with Jalen Washington's health. He didn't play his senior year. And also, he's more of a four than a five. And so, somebody like Manny Bates... Woo, that would make people in Raleigh so mad. But he could come in and be your Baycott insurance, block all the shots, and if he could give anything offensively, that would be a big win. So uh, that could be a potential target. Another one is Murray State's KJ Williams, who has been a big player for the Racers. And he is in the transfer portal, but he's also declared for the draft. So he's going through that process right now. Uh, not sure if he's going to come back or not, but similar to Shireman, he was his conference's player of the year. He was the OVC player of the year. He's 6'10", 245. He does not shoot at Brady's clip, but he does step out and hit the three, but he operates on the inside as well. Shot 50% from the field last season. So 
could be a great target, KJ Williams. Um, here's just a couple other names to keep your eyes on. Jaden Delar from Stanford, uh, another big guy um, who can step out and hit the three. Uh, Keon Brooks from Kentucky's in the portal. Basically, he's been a guy that stayed at Kentucky a couple years while all the rest of the personnel around him change. Um, just could be somebody to look at. Another is Patrick Baldwin Jr. Came into college as one of the most heralded freshmen this past season. Played at Milwaukee for his dad, Pat Baldwin Sr. And just it just wasn't a good year. And so he entered the draft as expected, but is also a portal potential. And so, um, but didn't have an, a, a very efficient season. And so there's obviously a risk there. Now, here's a final name I want to give you today. And that's Terrence Shannon from Texas Tech. Now, Terrence Shannon is somebody that showed a lot of interest when he entered the transfer portal in North Carolina. In fact, he and Mr. Baycott had a little bit of back and forth because Armando Baycott is the best recruiter on the planet and they have some history together. Since that time, Terrence Shannon announced that he was going to transfer to Michigan. That didn't work out because of some academics, something with his credits, and there's a little bit of shady business going on. Hunter Dickinson, uh, Michigan star center, was throwing shade at Texas Tech's coach. It's a whole thing. So anyway, he ended up, Terrence Shannon, changing from Michigan to Illinois, where he's committed now. I hadn't signed anything yet. Nothing's in writing. Nothing's in stone. He wanted to come to Carolina. Just saying, Terrence Shannon, the door is open, my friend. Come be a Tar Heel. Now, obviously, there are a ton of other people out there. There's some great guards. There's other, But Carolina doesn't need guards. They need big guys. They need front court men uh, that can hopefully step out and hit a three or be Baycott insurance or maybe a, a highly skilled wing that could allow Leakey to move to the four. We don't need guards. Okay. So, um, here's the thing. Everything I've just talked about right here has been transfer portal related. There are some other alternatives. What are those? We're going to talk about them in just a second after I tell you about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NBA playoffs, which are ongoing, and the start of the MLB season. Here's something for us, Tar Heel fans. They, uh, Bet Online has even already published their odds for the 2023 Final Four National Champion. Kentucky leads the way right now at 8 to 1 odds, but the Tar Heels, in the latest update, thanks to everybody coming back, have jumped right behind Kentucky at 10 to 1 odds. So they're tied for second place with Arkansas. Look at that. Maybe go get the Tar Heels. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering info from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, there are some alternatives to the transfer portal. That seems like the most logical option for Coach Davis and the staff to go get experienced talent, um, to go with his experienced starting lineup. I mean, it just makes sense. But there's the possibility that that could upset some roster things, like bringing in Amani Bates, for example. Could be an iffy proposition. 
and you just don't want to do that. You see how much trouble that causes when there's, I won't say a locker room cancer, but somebody that just doesn't gel with the rest of the team um, or, or is out, that, that is not a winning recipe. So what, what are some other options? Well, another one is to get involved with a, with a senior who would be an incoming freshman for 2022. Uh, that's certainly not out of the question. Obviously, most of the top talent is off the board. But it, why not bulk up your freshman class, buy one more, and have five incoming freshmen? That probably is someone who would not give you any help immediately, but you could find a developmental player and, and work on them for a couple years. Now, when you think about incoming freshmen, many of us have said, what about Gigi? We heard that Gigi Jackson is thinking about reclassifying. Maybe he could come and take that scholarship and be part of 2022. Oh, and by the way, he would be a nice stretch four. <laughs> Gigi has said a lot, though, that he really, really wants to play this one more year, continue developing, and really wants to stay in 2023. So I do not see Gigi happening. And frankly, I don't see the coaching staff going to get another incoming freshman. Not saying it won't happen. I just feel like that is the least likely of, of any of these scenarios, um, either a transfer or the next one that I'm about to talk about. Here's an option. Stand pat with what you got. Don't go out and use your scholarship on anyone else. There, there is this possibility of not recruiting anyone, not trying to get anyone in the transfer portal, and sticking with the team that's already in place. You've got a deep and talented roster, and also some young talent coming in that can maybe help if Jalen Washington's healthy. Boy, he could step in and do some things right away. If Tyler Nichols' scoring translates to this level, he could put the ball in the bucket a lot. It seems like Seth Trimble is going to be a great guard right out of the gate. Um, and so maybe rather than bringing somebody else in, you really want to work at developing these freshmen into being contributors almost right away. Um, because with an otherwise very deep and experienced roster, you're going to be able to do things quicker in practice this season uh, at a pace you wouldn't have been able to with a younger or more transfer-heavy roster. Keep in mind that last season, Hubert Davis played a very short rotation. Who knows if he'll do that again or not, because that's the only sample size we have is just that one season. Was that a factor of not having guys he trusted? Was that a factor of this is how he wants to play every year? We just don't know yet. We don't know what his rotations will look like. Many college coaches around the country are saying, hey, listen, with NIL as a thing, with the transfer portal as a thing, I only want to have... 10 or 11 of my 13 scholarships taken up with scholarship level talent so that I can feed all those mouths, keep them happy, make sure that they stay part of our program. And then those other one, two, maybe even three scholarships go to walk-ons who wouldn't otherwise get them. Why? Because again, that allows me to not bring in too many scholarship level players who are going to get frustrated if they're not getting playing time and could cause some locker room issues. Whereas if I just have 10 or 11 scholarship level guys that are getting all the minutes, and then I can give one, two, three scholarships to walk on guys who are here just trying really hard. And that's a way to honor what they are doing. I, I've 
wouldn't be surprised to see that happen in a lot of places. I've heard rumblings of it happening in a lot of places. Who knows what Coach Hubert Davis is going to do, but this is a very viable option for a team, especially with a coach who seems like he is not going to have a deep bench or rotation. So rather than give it to somebody who might just wind up being frustrated that they're not playing, give it to somebody who, who needs it, who is already in and invested in your program in a walk-on. Now, ultimately, this all comes down to what the coaching staff is looking for. Maybe they look at the roster and they see a big hole at the five position. Hey, we got Mondo and we got nothing behind him that we believe in or trust yet. So we need to go get a Manny Bates or a KJ Williams, something like that, that can either play alongside Mondo, which I don't think would be the case with Manny Bates. I think he would be a backup or somebody that, you know, just one of those couple options. Um, maybe they look and they see a hole at the three position of like, hey, we think that Puff could play that four a lot and we need somebody to back up Leaky who could be more of a shooter. And so you go out and get Shireman. It just all depends on what the coaching staff is looking for. Additionally, if you give this scholarship to a walk-on, you have the certainty that next season you have that scholarship to give if you go recruit another freshman or transfer. Why? Keep in mind that scholarships are one-year commitments. And so Coach Hubert Davis could give that scholarship to a walk-on, but know that he's got it available to um, commit to somebody for next year. If it's Matas Buzelis, you know, uh, there you go. There's your scholarship. You know that that's there if you don't give it to somebody else this year. So all sorts of options of what the Carolina coaching staff could do with Kerwin Walton's um, departed scholarship. And so again, Kerwin, we wish you the best, but also we, we're going to look ahead and, and, and move on. And so both of those things can happen at the same time. We saw that on Armando Baycott's Twitter on Sunday. He praised Kerwin Walton and then almost immediately gave the big bug eyes emoji of like, Basically, I'm taking applications. Who's going to come and be part of this squad? So a lot more on this is to come in the days and weeks ahead as we look to see who is going to get that last scholarship for the Tar Heels. But as for today, that's it for this episode of Locked on Tar Heels. As always, please go subscribe to the show wherever you listen or watch podcasts, whether that's uh, Apple or Spotify or you're watching on YouTube, please go and subscribe. You can follow the show at Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade, I-S-A-A-C-S-C-H-A-D-E. And remember, we'd love for you to send in some Mother's Day uh, stories, whether it's something about your mother or you are a mother and you want to send stories. Would just be great. Um, and again, you can send those to LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Well, coming up tomorrow, he's not going to get bumped anymore unless Carolina fills this scholarship and then we'll keep pushing Sam Howe back. But we're going to talk what in the world happened to Sam Howe to fall to the fifth round. Well, since you've listened to the show today, I want to ask you to make Locked On ACC your second listen today. Get all of your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks so much for starting your week off talking with me about what's up next for Carolina in the basketball roster situation. Oh man, it's going to be a fun week. Lots ahead. Sam Howe, football. John Garcia Jr. coming with us to talk about the uh, transfers from Ohio State. That's going to be great. But as for today, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow.